0: Hi, I'm Edwin, and I'm Andrew. Sound
1: the battle cry.
0: Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal Impact. Welcome Stand to Text Talk.
1: Hey there, Edwin. Hey Andrew. It's Wednesday, Edwin. It is middle of the week, and middle we're of still of in
0: Psalm 40. That's right. Hum- <laughs> well, that just never gets old. <laughs> And maybe it never gets old that I keep saying it never gets old. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of our thing. <laughs> All right. So we're looking at Psalm 40. What, uh, what uh, version are you reading out of today? Today I'm reading from the NIV, All Psalm right. 40, for the director of music of David, a psalm. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord." Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. No one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you didn't desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim righteousness in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips as you know, O Lord. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and salvation. I do not conceal your love and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Be pleased, O Lord, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me. May all who seek to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, Aha! Aha! Be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, The Lord be exalted. Yet... I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my helper and my deliverer. Oh, my God, do not delay. So
1: what we have here is a lot of praise for God. Um, you know, we were talking, was it Monday maybe, uh, about how you can almost split the psalm in half. Sure. Uh, you know, the first half is a lot of unmitigated praise and glorifying God for his Good deeds and the way he thinks on Israel. In fact, too many ways to even to count. And then the second half is actually an appeal for forgiveness. It seems like he's, he's here again for sin and acknowledging that, like the hairs on his head. A lot of sin, a lot of problems. Forgiveness for sin that's gotten him
0: in trouble. Yeah. And, and causing turmoil and trial in his life. And so not only the forgiveness, but deliverance from whatever has come upon him because of that sin. And then the
1: element of in enemies as well. Uh, I was noticing, though, that it ends at this note of praise also. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's quite inclusio the way it breaks, but I mean, it's a lot of praise the first half, and then it ends ends there as well, that David is given over to praising God. There's just no restraint there.
0: Well, it, be- it begins with this declaration that in the past, he has heard, he has brought him out, and it ends with this confident assertion, you are my deliverer. Not just you were. Okay. Not not you've done this in the past, and now it's too late. But I'm I'm banking on what's happened in the past, mm-hmm. and now using that to look to the future. What is it that you find at the end of every uh, broker's? commercial, past performance is not indicative of future results. (laughs) What David is saying is with God, past performance is indicative of future results. Nice. You delivered me in the past, and I know you are still my deliverer. I am looking forward to deliverance from this and in the future. Well, to me, that goes in the column then
1: of one original writer, because actually we are bringing up the thought of the beginning, the first half of the psalm there, and again at the end.
0: No kidding. So you think this may just be... One psalm. I think it may be. I I'm think with maybe, you on maybe that Maybe David one. just wrote that. I'm with you on that one. I do think that maybe what happened is that uh, we we come to Psalm 70, and it is it takes the last half of this and pulls it off. Uh-huh. I think that does mean that someone somewhere saw that as being a, a distinct thought all by itself. And, and pulled that out so it could be used as a prayer in that moment all yeah. on its own. And they made some alterations to it, and you get to Psalm 70. One of the things, okay, so, so let's just mention that real quick. Some people look at that, and they say things like, well, this just shows that the editors of the Psalms didn't know what they were doing. I mean, why would you do that? However, when we understand the musical nature, I, I mean, I look at our songbook. Do You mm-hmm. know, our songbook actually has the same song, a couple of times, uh, yeah, that people have taken the same poetry, the same lyrics, set them to different tunes, different rhythms. Sometimes they have one is in a major mm-hmm. uh, arrangement, and some in a minor, and mm-hmm. it and it changes the feel of the song. I, I understand the Psalter is not written. Like that with us. But the the fact that there are repeated songs doesn't mean the editor didn't know what he was doing. And secondly, I think one of the great illustrations is if you if you, I know you like musicals. Sure. And as you listen to musicals, Mm -hmm. have you ever heard a musical where there's a song at the beginning and then there's a reprise of it later? Uh, more like, have you heard one that doesn't do that? That's <laughs> exactly. Kind of the nature of that beast. <laughs> yeah. And so the fact that a psalmist and an editor of the Psalms would reprise an earlier theme because it fits with the psalms that it is around, right. I think, I think that's, that doesn't show that they didn't know what they were doing. It showed they had a purpose. Yeah. And really, rather than immediately dismissing the Psalms and their inspiration because at first glance it doesn't look like exactly how I think it would be done, yeah. maybe I should back up. And with a little humility, my first approach should be, well, if the editorial editors and the writers of the Psalms were reasonable, rational, God-inspired people, why would they have done this? And maybe I should answer that question first. Yeah. If I go through that and I just can't ever figure out a reason, well, then maybe I can consider something else. But this business of my first my first glance at this is, nah, this is dumb. Why would they do this? Nobody would do this. Well, no, people do this. They do it all the time. And it's perfectly legitimate. And that's what we find here.
1: Well, we should always be humble when we come to the word of God. There, there are, there are good reasons. <laughs> there are good reasons that these writings
0: have hung together and hung around for Millennia. Mm-hmm. Well, so <laughs> let me let me point this out. Just in this psalm itself, I read a commentator who made mention of the fact that several of the lines in this psalm we can also find in other psalms, and so the plagiarism of this psalm shows that the psalmist was a second class writer, and this particular psalmist. Wow. And again, I just want to say why? Why? Because because there are statements that. That address what i 'm saying right now, because there are other statements in the psalms that i 'm actually trying to call to mind uh, we again we don't think that when we listen to a musical and and some point is reprised later, or there's some line that gets said again and again because it ties together a theme we don 't think that I, I think it's I well, think it's and, arrogance <laughs> to do that when I come to the psalms, oh, this shows how dumb they were, and even more general
1: when you think about poetry, um, you know forgive me if this is a um I mean no disrespect to the Psalms in making this connection, but you know we have recurring holidays like a Mother's Day or a Father's Day, and we all march out to the drugstores to buy cards, okay? Or we should. Or we should. Different year, different card... But again, not that different (laughs) because we're talking about the same themes. We're trying to communicate the same uh, sentiments of heart. I, I don't make this analogy in any way cheapen the Psalms. I'm just saying that these things are not all written in one sitting. It is over years. It is over a lifetime, different seasons of God in different places. Even in David's life, if he wrote the vast majority of which I tend to think he did, it's not plagiarism that there is some repetition of thought or sentiment. Right. We do this ourselves when we're trying to communicate to people over a period of time in poetic fashion. So we
0: come to this second half of the psalm as he's expecting God to deliver him, as he's saying past performance is indicative of future results. And I think, well, I really like this statement that he makes here. Uh, let's, Let's see if I can find it. Verse 11, as for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. So he he makes this claim. He says, I, I know you're not going to restrain your mercy from me. I am confident that your mercy is going to be overflowing and without restraint. Past performance is indicative of future results. I've mm-hmm. seen what you've done in the past, mm-hmm. so I know what you're going to do in the future. I have experienced what you've done in the past, so I know what you're going to do in the future. The theme of deliverance is going to repeat. Yeah, yeah so I sit back and wonder what what about David causes him to be so sure? I, I can understand the aspect of God, faithfulness, steadfast love, the covenant that he has made. But David's you know, David can't be sure because, hey, I'm perfect. Hey, I'm actually not that bad. Hey, I'm really not that awful of a sinner. I mean, right. his sins were more right. than the hairs on his head, right. So, well, I come across something that I want to share with you. okay. Notice this connection, okay. I love he says, you will not restrain your mercy from me. If you back up to verse 9, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips as you know, O Lord. Verse 10, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. What does he say? He says, I know you're not going to restrain your mercy because I haven't restrained your praise. Mm Mm-hmm when you delivered me in the past, I didn't hide that in my heart. Mm -hmm. I didn't just hang on to that and meditate about it and think about it. I told people about it. I shouted it to the congregation. I displayed it to the nations. I have let people know. It's not just, Hey, I come to you when times are bad and I beg you, Hey, get me out of this one, Lord. And then I kind of forget you. And I just go on and Oh, here I am again, Lord, please. Could you get me out of this one too? No, no. Your deliverance has, has changed my life. It's changed my speech. I live with no restraint when it comes to praise. I think about uh, the Sermon on the
1: Mount and how the Lord makes us to be a city on a hill and that cannot be hidden. And no one lights a lamp and puts a basket over it. It's supposed to give light to the whole house. And here's David being that light to the world. What does that look like? I don't hide and hold back any of this. I tell it. I tell about God's goodness, I tell about God's forgiveness. And uh, as God has not withheld any of that goodness from me, I can't hold back my lips of praise and declaration. The world needs to know and serve this God.
0: I think when I am in the middle of my sin, or when I'm repenting of my sin, I should say, that I want God to have no restraint Mm -hmm. with his mercy Mm -hmm. yeah that's right i i don't want god to say well you know i mean i'm gonna give you a little bit of mercy but i'm not sure i'm gonna give you all the mercy i'm gonna bestow a little bit of grace i don't think i'm gonna bestow all the grace i'm gonna i'm just gonna kind of restrain some of that if you don't mind i think i'm gonna say no no please please Mm -hmm. god no restraint no restraint yeah if i want god to have no restraint with his mercy and his grace I need to have no restraint with my praise and my thanksgiving and my declaration, and especially when I realize that for me, this deliverance comes through Jesus and his death on the cross. Amen. How can I restrain myself from sharing with people the message of the grace of my king going to the cross, sacrificing himself for me? We have so much to share, and this
1: psalm encourages us to do that. We hope that uh, the podcast is encouraging to you to share the goodness and truth of God with other people. Let us know uh, what you're learning as we go along. Send us an email text talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Text talk at Let us pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day that you've given us. We thank you that we might open up your word and to see again how you lavish grace and mercy, how you did upon David, even in the times when he was so painfully aware of his sin and shortcomings, as as obvious to you as the hairs on a head, As numerous as the hairs on the head and father we find ourselves in those same places of weakness and failure and we we beg your forgiveness and father as you are so good and gracious to to lavish grace and mercy upon us in the gospel of Jesus Christ we are assured of restitution uh, by him to you and God we pray that we might be as open and honest and forthright about that goodness to others Fathers, you show it to us, may we declare it without restraint like David. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutes, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes.